0: hello and welcome back to the wow podcast uh, i hope that you had a very merry christmas i hope that you had a good new year i'm excited to have a friend on with me that is going to talk about the workplace and maybe not being in a christian workplace all the time or maybe being in a christian workplace and what that kind of looks like for us So today I have Ellie Hargis on the phone. She's a fellow Marine Corps spouse, and she's been married about a year, uh, which is the same as Michael and I. I'm really excited to pick her brain on this topic today.
1: Hey, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited. It's definitely a topic that holds a lot of weight in my life and kind of how I grew up and then being a Marine Corps spouse in the last year or so. It's been really interesting, so I'm really excited to see kind of where the conversation takes us today and what we uncover.
0: Yeah. Well, I would love to know what's one piece of advice that you would tell the younger you? We always start the show off this way, and I feel like it's just a good question. I feel like we've gotten some answers that I'm like, oh man, could we have met when we were younger? Because maybe (laughs) I would have turned out a little bit better uh, quicker.
1: Yeah, so... My answer is what I'm still currently telling myself, honestly. And it's kind of a cliche, but it's let go and let God. Mm. Um, you know, when Jesus was hanging on the cross at the very end, before he took his last breath, it's John nineteen thirty. He literally takes a breath and says, it's finished. Yeah. And it's something that I struggle with so often because I want to have that control. I want to make my own life. I want to do things the way I think they should be done. And it never fails. The harder I try, the, the crazier I go, the worse it gets. And I just need to let go and let God handle it. So definitely yeah. still working on it. But I think if I would have started really, really trying to like train my brain and really training my heart that way 10 years ago, I would have been a totally different place of life right now. Yeah. Um, so definitely some lost time but still working on it for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a really good piece of advice. I think control is one of those things, especially when we're talking about jobs today and workplaces. That's one of the the things we really want to control. We want to control where we work. We want to control who we're around. We want to control how much money we make. And just even in that sense, like that is so up to God. It's not up to us. And so that's such a good piece of advice. I'm so glad that you shared that with us. So I would love for you to tell them kind of your work history background. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the maybe not-so-Christian workplace. So what is your work background look like? Where have you worked, um, and how how has that led you to kind of where you are now?
1: Yeah, so for me, this is a double-sided question. So to kind of preface, um, it relates a lot to how I was raised and my spiritual walk with Christ. I was blessed enough to be raised in a believing home, um, a church-going home, a Christian home. And throughout my childhood, I have you know such fond memories. I was able to develop that relationship with God early on in my life and go to so many things that supplemented it um, to where I can say, you know, I'm still walking with Christ. But looking at my parents' relationship and the way that they lived their Kind of quote Christian life, work was always a point of strife. It was always a point of financial um, hardship. It was always something that caused fights and bickering. And it was so hard looking up to these people who, you know, were taking it to church, where these Christians, and being raised in that um, kind of dynamic. So it really hurt, hit a turning point when I was going to enter high school. So the summer before my freshman year of high school, I was 13 at a time. My dad quit his job. He was the provider, sole provider for our family, and he stopped working. Um, they did manage their finances well, so we weren't struggling. But when I kind of a year into high school, I ended up getting a job as a soccer referee. So... I was a little bit younger. I was still 14. I just had to be older than the kids I was calling the games for. But it created this really weird dynamic because at 14 years old, I was the only person in my house working. I was the only person in my house trying to find a job. Um, For my dad, it was kind of a point of pride. Like he thought he had to move. He wanted the six-figure job or whatever it was that – was holding him back from kind of letting go and letting God handle it. And it caused a lot of questions to come up in society. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at church and people would literally ask me like, why are you the only person working? Why are you the adult in your house? Why are you like crazy questions? You shouldn't be asking yeah. a 14 year old. Yeah, um, changed The way that I thought about work, because on one hand I was having to work and I wanted to work. But I also didn't want it to look like what I was seeing with my parents. I didn't want it to be a point where I was constantly trying to have control and kind of do my own thing instead of letting it be where God took me. Of course, it's easier said than done. Um, So before I entered college, I had had five or six different jobs, worked the entire time that I was in high school, started college before covid I had three, four, three jobs at any given time. There were a couple moments where I had four different jobs. I was working my way through school. I was keeping myself busy. I was working in a kids ministry where I was ministering to kids all day, every day. I was tutoring peers at the university. I then started tutoring only math for a different company. I was working for, um, you know, my boyfriend's at the time, dad's corporate marketing company. Like I... Was kind of the hat of all trades, if you want to say that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Covid hit. That definitely changed things. I would, you know, we were all isolated. I lost a couple of jobs because I wasn't able to be in person, just because the logistics wouldn't work out. I wasn't in Nashville anymore. I was in New Orleans, and I couldn't attend. From there, kind of to finish off school, um, I was kind of like promoting up in a position that I had. And I ended up being, at 20 years old, a center director of a tutoring company. And I was over the education of 100 kids. I was telling 30, 40, 50-year-old parents the best way to educate their child. Um, I was kind of the top of the totem pole. Then Marine Corps happened. We ended up moving, and I got promoted even higher. I ended up being over five locations and over people who... We're doing the job that I had had before, who had been doing it for 10 years. Um, I was working yeah. for the owner and essentially taking all of his work off his plate. And it was a crazy dynamic because at 21, I was essentially, in some ways, like the highest that you can get without working in CEO, corporate, Fortune 500. Yeah. So kind of been all over the place. To sum it up in a couple of sentences, I'm 22 and I've held 12 taxable jobs. I've been the lowest of the low, I've been the highest that I think you could be at 22. (laughs) But I've also been humbled, because like you mentioned earlier, I'm a Marine Corps spouse. And I went to school thinking I was going to be the breadwinner, you know, I was going to have the prideful job, I was going to be able to definitely make an impact and still let God lead me. But I was going to have this career and I was going to have it for the rest of my life. Here I am in the last six months. I've been job hunting twice (laughs) and it's definitely been just a completely humbling experience looking back in preparation for today. I also realized like I could sit here and brag if I wanted to about having so many jobs, but I wouldn't have had any one of these without God's divine intervention of how Mm -hmm. I ended up at the door, how I ended up with the interview, how I ended up accepting the position. So it's just kind of a crazy a crazy path, um, a crazy past and looking forward to the next job in the next couple weeks.
0: <laughs> Gosh, that's such a crazy story, but also to see the Lord's mercy and kind of all of it and his grace and leading you exactly where you're supposed to be. And I can definitely relate with some of what you're saying. And I know uh, over the last six months, like I've had the pleasure of doing life with you here in Quantico. And I'm so, so sad that you had to leave and go to Florida for Brett's next training. But what a blessing that we got to cross paths and I got to see you actually in one of those seasons where you were job hunting and I feel like it even shaped the way I was job hunting right after you. Um, and it just made me be more patient and graceful, um, because I saw you do that way better than I think I could have ever done that. And so what a blessing it's been to kind of see that. And so I'd love to know, uh, kind of your thought on as a Christian, should we only work in Christian workplaces?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I've done both. I, you know, I kind of mentioned I worked in ministry for a year and a half teaching um, the cyclical impoverished in downtown Nashville. Yeah. I was working alongside some of the most spiritually strong and spiritually wise people I think I've ever met. Um, I was teaching kids fifth grade and younger that didn't see Jesus in their life. Um, they came to me with just crazy stories of what they were experiencing. I would break up, you know, fights of seven kids that were all, you know, eight years or younger. Um, just that light, being able to shine that light of joy and peace in their lives, but also every single action of that ministry was Christ led. We prayed before the kids got there. We prayed when they were there, we blessed the food. We taught him Bible stories. It was literally ministry at the very base level and at the highest level. Yeah. But straight from that job, I went to this tutoring company and the franchise owner that I worked for was probably the most Christian-like atheist I've ever met in my entire life. Um, Gosh, that's crazy. In some yeah. ways, I do still look up to him, but he would end up kind of making stabs at Christians and sending... Mm you know, like comical video clips of how faith is fake and all this stuff. He had been hurt by the church. And so he had his own personal experiences, but it started coming through in the way that he was leading his business Mm. and it got to be hard. I mean, just on the fact that we had to work on Sundays, I couldn't go to church. I couldn't meet people to have studies. I, you know, was in this workplace where I had a community, but it wasn't a faith filled community. Um, where it was actually kind of the opposite of you were not really expected to have a faith, if not expected to not have faith because of the conversations that were coming up. Mm. Um, especially as I moved up that totem pole, I kind of saw it more and more the closer that I worked with him. Um, still a great guy, definitely still admire what he's done with his life and the kindness that he showed to so many people, but it got to be really tough.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So it's one of those things that there's no answer, um, in my opinion, because the Bible tells us both ways. It tells us that we are to, you know, have community with unbelievers. We are supposed to be around them so that they can see things in us and be brought to Christ. That is part of, you know, the great commission and what we were sent out to do. But we're also told very, you know, over and over again, that we're supposed to be around community of believers. And that community is so important for the faith. Yeah. So that's a hard question to answer. And I really think it comes down to kind of a, in some ways, like a personal preference of what you need. Because you can only pour out when your cup has water in it. Right? Kind of that yeah. famous metaphor. <laughs> yeah. So when I was working for this unbeliever, I wasn't able to go to church. I was probably at the lowest I have ever been since, you know, having my personal relationship with Christ. And it was really hard for me to stand up in those moments and stand up for myself and stand up for faith when he was dogging on it.
0: Yeah.
1: And in those moments I started realizing like, I can't keep doing this. I need more faith in my life. I need the community of believers. And so at that point I had to resign from that job And it was really hard because I loved that job, but I knew that it was what God was calling me to because I wasn't in the place that I should have been at that Uh, time. Yeah. That's another, I guess kind of like the final thing I would say is when in doubt, you know, you just got to pray and let God lead you because he put me in both of those jobs. He put me in the ministry and he put me working for the atheist and I was supposed to have both of those jobs. I was supposed to be in both of those places but where you're supposed to be changes and he'll move you when you need to be moved.
0: Yeah. But then like also having a soft enough heart, like you said, praying, being in his word to know what he's telling you. And I think that's something that I've definitely struggled with because I've said, no, God, like I want to just make the money. I want to do this. And instead, like I've brushed into something and I've seen so clearly that he will just rip it and he will tear it apart. And so I like that you said that. And something that just This brings to mind is Matthew 9 and verse 10. It talks about while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came to eat with him and his disciples. When they saw this, the Pharisees asked his disciples, Why did your teacher eat with tax collectors? And This just kind of brings up like Jesus was around people of all types. He was around people who don't follow him, who don't know him. And so why would we in return, like separate ourselves? Like you were saying from people who don't know him, like we're called in the great commission. You talked about this Matthew 28 at the end of the chapter, it says to go make disciples of all nations and to share the gospel with every type of person that doesn't yet know him. So why would we want to exclude ourselves? But then on the other hand, like I want to be clear that I'm not saying that you shouldn't work in a Christian workplace. I think there's so many benefits to both. On one hand, you're Mm -hmm. getting a chance to pour in and preach the gospel to people um, that maybe don't know him. And that's the sweetest, sweetest thing. And then on one hand, you, you could be in the place that I'm in. I work for an international nonprofit now. It's called Heartbeat International. And it's a Christian workplace by all means. It's amazing but we don't just serve those who are Christian. A lot of the time we're serving people, most of the time I would even say who aren't Christian. And working in a Christian workplace can be super beneficial and amazing, but it's not a requirement as a Christian, Mm -hmm. it's it's not. And I think working in a non-Christian place exposes you to the people who need the love of Jesus. But working in a Christian workplace, I think you can do just as much good, like you were saying. And so I think you're right. I think there's not one solid answer. I think it's, what is the Lord calling you to? And are you being faithful enough to follow in that lead? Whether that be in a ministry, in a nonprofit, or whether it be in in the world, working as a teacher, like the job that you, I know, just got out of most recently being a teacher. And so I think that's really sweet um, to know that we don't have to decide. It's up to the Lord. And are we open enough in examining myself to to say, am I open enough to do either? Um,
1: Right. And I think that's the key. You know, if you... Looking and preparing for today and even just you know being raised, reading the Bible and looking in the Bible, it does talk about work, right? The fishermen had to leave their boats. They had to leave their job and follow yeah. Christ. Um, but work is such a worldly thing. And mm-hmm. it's something that is one of those kind of like necessary evils. I've heard a lot of people call like cars and money and houses and whatever, because <laughs> yeah. you end up having to do a lot of things to them. But work is one of those because culturally, it is something that is supposed to almost supposed to be one of the like greatest sources of pride yeah. and it definitely can be if you let it and even looking back, you know, God got me to all of these jobs and he's going to get me to the next one and I'm proud of the jobs that I've had, but you have to let him have control and you really have to analyze your own heart and your own mind in every one of those instances to be intentional about not letting work be just of this world.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. That's so good. That's a good word. So when we look at kind of Jesus's life, we can see that he was constantly around people who really didn't know him or maybe believe in him. So in the workplace, this can be similar. And as you were just a teacher, there's a good chance that you were around a lot of kids who didn't know Jesus. And I know that we conversed over that. Um, so how do you feel like when you're in that situation, when you're working in a non-Christian environment, or maybe even in a Christian one, how can you show Jesus to people in that workplace?
1: yeah, and I think, cool, like you said, so I was just a teacher, I was a middle school teacher at that, and seventh grade, even more so. Mm. Um, <laughs> those kids were tough, man, those seventh graders were tough, but yeah. it's it's similar working alongside you know an unbeliever adult as it is an unbeliever child or even a believer child. The things that came to mind first when I was kind of thinking through this. And honestly, there are things that get laid on my heart very often. I know we've talked about it in other groups and other studies. And um, it happens a lot at church where there will be a song, specifically a couple songs, songs come to mind. Um, being raised in the church, I was raised Methodist. And there's a Methodist hymn that's titled, They'll Know You by Our Love. They'll know we are Christians by our love. And that is just echoed over and over and over my entire life, because not just that you love your neighbor as yourself, right? Not just that Bible verse, but the fact that your love and the way that you live your life would be so unworldly, so of God, Mm -hmm. that it would make another person question, what does that person have? Like, I want that in my life. How are they living that way? a month that's happening. Right. Um, so that's the first one that came to mind. The second one that came to mind, and this is what I used as my personal anthem working with those (laughs) seventh graders. Um, (laughs) it's, but it's a song by Cody Carnes, Christ be magnified. And the chorus is just, Oh, Christ be magnified, Christ be magnified in me. And when that, when it plays, there's kind of a lull and I would just start singing the fruits of the spirit. Um, you know, Galatians 5 22 through 23. Love. Let them know me through my love. Let them know me through my joy, my peace, my patience. Yes. You know, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, my self control. Um, you know, let me be the teacher mm-hmm. that when they say something, let it not show on my face. Um, I have a lot of facial expressions. Let it not show <laughs> on my face that I'm shocked or that I'm, you know, like disappointed maybe that they just said that, but let me show love and peace to them and let them then wonder like, why was she peaceful when I just said these statements to her and let me tell you it happened, but just those the fruit of the spirit and really wanting living your life so that anybody notices those like such positive things about you and really question it and really wonder. Um, I think just to talk very briefly about working with adults over kids, you know, kids, they really need that love. They need to see that joy and they really need to see that patience. Those are some of a kind of, I would think the more common fruit of the spirit that you have to show when working with kids and the more noticeable ones, right? Cause you're not the teacher that explodes. Yeah. You're the teacher that ignored yeah. or the teacher that was not erupting. Based off their statements or based off what happened, or you were the teacher that gave them a hug when they were crying instead of kicking them out of the class or whatever it was, you know? So when working with adults, you kind of have to target different fruit of the spirit. And the one that came up in my mind the most was faithfulness. Um, But we don't think of faithfulness as something to other people. We think about faithfulness in our faith, right? Faithfulness to God. But I think there's, in some ways, an interchangeable word there. um, Reliable. When I worked in that atheist workplace, I was the most reliable employee that he had. Anytime he asked me to do something, it was done. He knew he could rely on me to get anything done and do it quick and do it well. Just all those things to where I was unwavering in the job. I was unwavering. I think of the word
0: steadfast. Like, that's so.
1: Yeah. And that's another great way to describe it because that word comes up so much in the Bible. And yeah. it's one of those characteristics of Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus is faithful. Jesus is reliable. God is always going to be there. And so if you can find a way to illuminate that in the life of an unbeliever, it really does make him question. I mean, I point blank had to answer questions of like, how are you this loyal? How are you this reliable to a job? Um, and it in some ways makes me think of Colossians three twenty three, where it says, Whatever you do, work in it with all of your heart. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. something that's of this world, but you wanna show that you're putting everything you can into it, but not again, not for the pride, not for the money, but because you're doing it to illuminate God.
0: Yeah. For the glory to God. Yeah. A lot of what you're saying reminds me of really the character of God. And obviously we know kind of the fruits of the spirit come out of that. But Exodus 34 talks about that we know God's compassionate. He's gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And that's really showing and displaying the love of God. It's giving the glory to God when you are those things. And we know that this isn't easy. It's hard to show people Jesus, but without spending time with him, without spending time knowing his character, it's hard to do those things. It's hard to show the fruits of the spirit like you're talking about. I, I would say it's even impossible to do it without really spending time with God. Because like you said earlier, if your cup isn't, isn't full, there's no way you're pouring out. And you've seen this in my life, even in the last few months of me in turmoil. Like it's, it's hard to pour out when your cup isn't full. And you've been such a light to me even in the way that you have poured into me and loved me and made me dinner and illuminated that so well to me as a friend, you cannot pour out if there's nothing being poured into you and being poured into by community, by the people that know Jesus, love Jesus and by Jesus himself through his word is what we need.
1: Yes, exactly. And kind of like you said, you know, your cup has to be full. It can't be half full. You can't have three ounces and be giving everybody one drop. Like that. It's not going to do it now no one's perfect. Jesus is the only human that ever walked this earth that is perfect. And so I'm not perfect and you are not perfect. And you know, whoever is not perfect in how they show Jesus. Um, I am not patient all of the time. I am not in control of my facial expressions all of the time. But if you can, if you can really, like you were saying, spend that time with Jesus to where God and Christ and faith are just kind of overflowing yeah. through your heart and through kind of just through your veins really to where you just feel it, then you're going to get it right. 60% of the time, you're going to mm-hmm. get it right. 80% of the time, you're going to get it right just enough to where the people that God put you around are seeing God through you because that's yeah. why you're there. That's yeah. why I got that job. That is why I got that teaching Amen. job, you know, like God did it and he's going to use you. You, but you have to open up to Him and let Him. You have to study. You have to let Him into your life to be able to illuminate Him. Yeah.
0: He can't use you if your heart is hard. And I've seen that in my own life. You, you're you like, okay, God, yeah, you're on the back burner. You're on the back burner. Well, why do you expect God to be using you if you're not faithful in the little small things? Like, if you're not content in what God's saying, if you're not saying yes to obedience in the little things, you cannot say yes in obedience to the big things. And Ephesians 6, six, like it talks about work hard and not just to please your masters when they're watching, but as slaves of Christ, do the will of God with your heart, work with enthusiasm as though you're working for the Lord rather than people. And I feel like that's where we're getting at here is we're talking about working for the Lord. This isn't for the, for the man. It isn't for the world. It's for the glory of God. And I just want to emphasize that because- that, that just radiates so much positivity when you're sit back and you realize, hey, I'm not doing this job for me. I'm doing it for the glory of God and I'm doing it for him. He put me there. He allowed me to be in this position and that's what he's doing through me. But I also want to say like, we all know that person who's miserable and mean. Like I knew, I knew of a teacher and she was so mean and she claimed to be a Christian. And I say claim because if somebody's consistently like that, then it's really hard for me to believe now that I know the joy yeah. of Jesus to believe that they had that joy of Jesus because the world doesn't determine our joy. The world doesn't determine our emotions. Jesus is paying for my sin. He He did it. It's done. It's finished. That's what he said. That's what you said in the beginning of this. I want to echo that it's finished. And he resurrected setting me right with God forever with my heavenly father. And that's what determines my joy. The gospel determines my joy because that's where my fulfillment is. And so really focusing on, hey, that's where my fulfillment is. That's where my joy is. And I just want to remind somebody, like if if you are really saying that you're a Christian, and again, I say claim when I talked about that, because I don't think I can believe that somebody knows the joy of Jesus and be that miserable. Yes, the world is hard, but where does your joy lie? And where are you echoing that in your workplace? Yeah, and I think,
1: That's definitely something where, you know, like I mentioned, I have had the absolute pleasure um, and been blessed, absolutely blessed to have found God early in life. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that I think you see a lot with kind of those lifelong Christians of those Mm -hmm. phases where they really, truly are disconnected. They're not necessarily unbelieving, but they're disconnected from God. And they're not having that spiritual relationship. You know, they're not having that quiet time that we talked about and you talked about in past episodes. Um, They're not getting Christ in them on a regular basis to be able to show what it's like to be Christ-like, right? To be Christian is to be Christ-like and it doesn't always show through. And so it's definitely one of those things. And I think that goes back to the earlier question. It's a lot easier to be Christ-like when you are around a lot of other Christ-like people. When you work in a Christian workplace, right? Yeah. Um, you are not having to have those thoughts and debates kind of on your own because you have people beside you that are you can use as sounding boards and that are showing those, hopefully, those same traits of Jesus that you are. Whereas, you know, when you are kind of the lone sheep and you are you are wanting to do it and you are doing it, but it it makes those moments. So much harder when it is hard and when life is angry and hard and troublesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, again, like we do not, we do not know people's salvation. That is not for us to determine. That is for our heavenly father to determine. But joy in Jesus is everlasting. And I, I know people that have maybe been lifelong Christians and really gotten to a season of just not knowing and not Mm -hmm. pursuing God. And that is so hard. And it's sad to me. And something you said that is so important is having the right people around you, having that accountability, having that community to point you when they feel like you're maybe falling off the path and and you're falling into a position where you're like, oh man, I I don't know what I believe right now. I'm just, this is hard. Having those people to push you to a place of Mm -hmm. you believe joy in Jesus because That is our heavenly father. And that is what our God did. And so having those people, especially when you don't work in a Christian workplace, but even when you do like having those people outside of work that you can come to, that you can use as a sounding board, like you said, but they can encourage you and not just the encouragement that comes, Oh, it'll work itself out, but biblical encouragement, actual biblical gospel encouragement. And so there's such a difference. And I just am thankful. That the Lord has been able to provide that, especially with you. I mean, we had a we Ellie and I were a part of a really good group of friends, and um it you made me laugh about facial expressions because our friend Kate always uh told me that I just could not hide my face. And she was like, Whenever you feel something, like it's so evident, it's so obvious because you cannot hide your face. And I always am reminded of that when I'm like, okay, Kate tells me I'm really bad at hiding my facial expression, I need to be better at this. And so yeah, um, <laughs> just Acts funny, the
1: same funny. way, <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same way. All the kids always had questions like, Miss Harges, why are you making a face, Miss? Da, da, da.
0: Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I guess kind of wrapping up as a Christian, do you feel like there's some different considerations that go into a job when like job hunting and kind of looking for places to work?
1: Yeah, so like I mentioned, I've had the pleasure of job hunting twice in the last (laughs) six months. Um, And I'm actually, you know, going in for an interview next week for something that I set up um, a little while back. And again, you know, having worked in both the Christian and the very non-Christian workplace, it's that balancing act again of having a full cup, but also pouring out. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously anything that I look for personally, I want to make a difference, whether that be, you know, teaching kids math, which is what I was doing when I was working with the unbelievers was making a difference. I was changing kids' lives and I was so blessed to be able to have that impact in changing their education. Um, I'm a math person, so it was huge for me to change the attitude around that topic for so many people.
0: Amen to that, but... I'm at math, so, <laughs> we were at dinner one night, uh, and Ellie was trying to, like, explain, like, the friggin' quantum theory, and I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what you're saying right now, I, mm-mm. I'm like, so, yeah. it's over my head, math isn't my forte, <laughs> I can, like, do Excel, I can do, like, some basic things, but mm-hmm. anything else, I'm like, yeah, mm <laughs> yeah, so you probably yeah. did change their lives because you probably made them understand that.
1: <laughs> God, I hope so. Um, but just making that impact, right? Like, yeah. you want to create a positive domino effect. You want to have change, yeah. not just for personal, you know, again, like prideful reasons of serving, but to be able to change people's lives and then lead them through Christ through that, right? Again, yeah. so those those fruit of the spirit. I was joyful about math and made kids question, right? Yeah. How are you joyful about this thing that is so terrible for me? <laughs> and then it opened up conversations. Something that I look for, whether it's a Christian business or not, is how can I impact others? How can I try my darnest to make a change in the
0: world? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what the Lord put us here. Th- he put us here for yeah. His mission. We are all here to spread the name of Jesus. And if that isn't your mission? I challenge you. Like lean back and and ask God why you're here. Because that's why we're all here. We're here for him. We're here for, we're here for his glory. We're here for his mission. And whether that's in math or it's what I'm doing right now, which is like helping save babies from the claws of the world. God God uses you. God uses you in yeah. every single workplace.
1: For sure. You can you there's the different aspects of the job too. So you got when you're finding, when you're searching, And then when you're interviewing, so something that I definitely keep in mind when I'm trying to interview is the heart of the people that I'm in front of. Mm. Um, Obviously, they, the goal of an interview is for them to know you, right? That's what the world teaches us. But you need to know if it's a good fit for you too. So I'm looking into their hearts, into their kindness, into their morals, into their ethics. Um, You know, what are their priorities? What are, what's their purpose? Are they just following the thing that they wrote on the paper or are they actually living that out? And I think that'll tell you something huge about not just the people that you're working around and with, but the business itself or the company itself.
0: Amen to that. Um, And
1: if it really fits.
0: Yeah. Do you have a question in specific or something that you like specifically like to look for?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I think it, it, again, it changes with every different job. Been everything from the referee, the lifeguard, to the, the tutor, to the teacher, right? Yeah. Um, so far, and then kind of working in business as well. So I don't have one guaranteed question that I use because all those jobs are totally different with yeah. different people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, but praying about it, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, praying not only when you find the job listing, but before yeah. you go into the interview, not only that God would speak through you, you know, maybe you're praying for it to be the right fit. Like, God, let this job be your will, please. I'm tired of being stuck in the house by myself. Like, please let me get this job. Um, that's where I'm at right now, if you can't tell. But <laughs> but honestly, like, also, God, let it, let it be clear. Let me be confident and let it be clear if this is where I am suppo- supposed to be. If yeah. this is where you want me, because... If it's not clear, if I'm not confident in hearing the voice of God and, you know, feeling that momentum and that push in that direction, then it's a really easy place for the devil to manipulate us and Mm. create a lot of doubt and steer us away to something totally different that God didn't want us involved in. Yeah. Um, so definitely that prayer about the confidence and clarity. I think those yeah. are my favorite two C words besides Christian, I like uh, confidence <laughs> and clarity. <laughs> those are the
0: words. And I think like we mentioned this earlier, like work is of the world. And so it's really easy for the devil to creep in, whether that's money, whether that's through so the people easy. working there, spiritual warfare is so real at work. And so I think absolutely. I always look at the character of people, if possible, who are working in that workplace, But also that shouldn't necessarily be something that detracts us because we're called to be a light to those people who are in darkness and you can't be a lamp and light it and put it under a stand as Jesus preached on the Mount. And so as, as important as it is to make sure that, you know, the heart of those people are, you know, for the work. There's also maybe a calling for you to walk into a workplace that's super uncomfortable. And maybe those people don't know Jesus. As Ellie mentioned, her, her boss had no idea who Jesus was. He was a radical atheist. And so, hey, maybe God is calling you to step into a position that you're going to be working for a radical atheist. But guess what? You can still be a light in that. And I just want to be an encouragement in that. Just being on mission wherever we're going and whether that's in the workplace or um, wherever God is taking you. Uh, to whatever job he might be taking you, and really being open and being um, discerning where that call is.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So I'm so excited that you decided to jump on and talk about this, Ellie. You are so wise um, when it comes to jobs and things like that. You've had enough to go around, I think, for the share of <laughs> too us. Too much. And, uh, hey, I I can understand too much to go around, but enough wisdom that the Lord is using you in this way. So so blessed for the ways that you've spoken into my life in the last just six months. And I'm so excited to see where, um, the Lord has you next.
1: Yeah. I'm so just absolutely honored that you asked me to come on and that I was able to talk about this topic. Um, hopefully my experience is going to good use <laughs> in these conversations. Yes. So I am so thankful having you as a friend and going through some of these work trials together. I yes. mean, applying for jobs, if you're applying for jobs out there, it is not easy. Um, no, it's not. People do not respond quickly. Yes, they do not. No matter <laughs> be <patient>. how much, <laughs> yeah, no matter how much your parents or whoever is telling you that you should already have a job, it is. It takes a lot of patience, it and be. it's going to happen in God's timing. So yeah. definitely, um, do not worry. And just again, I'm so thankful for you having me on, and so excited for where our friendship will go in the future too. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for tuning to the WOW Women of Wisdom podcast. I honestly cannot believe that you've chosen to listen to my podcast and it truly encourages me all of these messages that we're getting to hear from all these women who are so wise. Give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram or leave us a review on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. I would love to hear from each of you about what you love about this podcast and what you want to see more of. I love you guys so much and thank you for all the support. Please share this with a friend that you think would be encouraged by this message. And I cannot wait to share next week's with you.